I'm Jody Nisnik, and you're listening to So Much More. In John 16, 12, Jesus stated, there is so much more I want to tell you. He then pointed to the spirit as the one who would come, who would further his teaching by bringing his word to life for us. So much more creates space for God to reveal his truth through his word. Today, I'm excited to have Dr. Julie Shannon with me as we have a conversation around Matthew 26 verses 36 through 46 and what the Lord is teaching her. Julie has a master's and a doctor of educational ministry degree from Dallas Theological Seminary. She's also the host of the Bearing Life podcast and the author of two books with her third releasing in early 2023. Julie's heart is to use her voice and experience to equip others to define steps and practical ways to move through and beyond the fallout of unplanned events. And oh my goodness, have we not experienced (laughs) unplanned events over these last few years. So welcome, Julie. I'm so glad to have you on the podcast today. Thanks, Jody. I am so glad to be here with you. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit more about you so we can get to know you before we dive into this? Well, it's, it's funny. And we'll talk about this in a little while too, because what we're talking about today is where my heart is for people and just through my own unexpected things in life, I have grown this or maybe recognized the passion that God put in my heart for mm-hmm. practical compassion. How, how can we, how do we walk well through hard things or just um, surprising things, even if they're joyful, how do we do that with each other? We're called to love one another. So how do we do that? How do we offer practical compassion? How are we there for each other? How do we love one another? Well, and through that journey and the unexpected of graduate school, which was completely unexpected in my life through that journey, God's really grown that and um, developed this passion that I have now for through, through the podcast. I have conversations with people through my writing, um, it's my experiences and also stories from others of how they have walked through different times and seasons in life and who helped them. I love that. I love practical compassion. I mean, what a, because we can have compassion on someone and just stay distant from them, but like practical compassion implies that there's obviously something that is helpful to that other person instead of just being a distant compassion. Um, it's being in, it's figuring out how to love someone well. So I love that. Um, I love that that is your heart and I'm excited to talk about this passage with you. So let's dive into it. Okay. Um, so we did today's, uh, scripture meditation as an imaginative prayer experience on, a really challenging passage, actually. This is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane praying, um, and he's obviously experiencing um, a lot of strain and stress, and he's asking his disciples to watch and 
and to pray with him and they fall asleep. And so, um, it's, it's an interesting passage. So let's, let's read it real quick and then we'll dive in. This is Matthew 26 verses 36 through 46. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him. And he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come and the son of man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Okay, so Julie, we did this as an imaginative prayer experience, just asking the Lord to help us enter into the passage and and really imagine what was happening And so tell me, what did you notice kind of as you first started to let this scene take shape in your imagination? I was really thinking about calm, peaceful night, you know, when we can sit outside and try to have some quiet and you hear nature and you hear animals or birds or just little sounds of nature. And I thought about their footsteps as they walked. And, um, and then I also felt this layer of foreboding, Mm. you know, because the dark can be scary too. They're with Jesus. They're all together. They've just had this shocking time together, but also a very demonstrative, loving teaching time. And also just, I would imagine this just really, at the very least, inquisitive, what is going on? Mm -hmm. And then he says, come with me and I'm going to pray. So. I'm looking at this and I, I don't know if it's for the first time, but this jumped out at me. It says he took Peter and the sons of Zebedee and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. I've always thought of him being sorrowful and troubled in front of all of them. I've never really paid attention to that distinction. He took his inner, inner, inner core, come with me over here. And then he was vulnerable and honest with everything going on. Mm -hmm. And that really touched me this time, especially coming from my whole, let's be practically compassionate together. How do we show up for each other? How do we invite others to come into our pain? That's a hard thing to do. 
And that really struck me this time. Yeah. I love that detail because he was obviously close to all of them and loved them all. Right. But there was something special about these three that were closest to him. And even then I would say even more about Peter, but that he Mm -hmm. pulls them and that's where he feels like he starts to let down and he becomes sorrowful and troubled. And I think, what must that moment have been like? It's not like Jesus was overreacting. Like he wasn't this like highly emotional guy. We don't read that through um, the gospels. And what we see of Jesus is, you know, he's very level-headed and clear thinking. It's not that he's devoid of emotions for sure. But when he says to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Yes. Surely they had to know this is not something that he normally says. Well, and I would, I would think they would have felt a bit fearful about that too, because here they've watched him. He's been their leader. He's done this amazing teaching. They've seen him perform miracles. And now all of a sudden he's saying, I'm sorrowful unto death. I mean, we think we have bad days or (laughs) we have traumatic events, which we do. Absolutely. And this is even reading that phrase again made me go, oh, this is so far beyond, you know, I think I've known pain. Well, (laughs) so far beyond. And, And what I love about seeing it kind of anew this time is to know that he experienced that. Mm. I mean, we, we talk about the cross, you know, we talk about him facing his accusers. We talk about all those public scenes, but when I think about this really tender moment with his closest people and, and sorrowful unto death, I mean, that's, I don't even have words for how strong that is. And just that just gave me comfort to know, okay, when I feel like, where are you, Lord, in my pain? Or do you even care? You know, because I've had those moments. I think we all have moments if we are having a hard time and go, do you even care? Do you even understand? Yeah. And this just kind of, again, made me go, yeah, he does. Yes, he does understand. I love so many things that you've said about how this scene kind of started to take shape. And so then the next step was to really invite you to start imagining it from Um, the shoes, so to speak, of Peter and seeing it from his perspective. So tell me about that experience and where you went with the Lord. Part of it was seeing this dear friend troubled. And at the same time, wondering, well, what am I supposed to do? Mm. (laughs) And then this whole overwhelming sleepiness. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, haven't we all been there when we're trying to pray sometimes at night? Uh, I'll raise my hand and go, I confess there are times where if I'm laying in bed and praying, I'm like, I can fall asleep. And I just, I just sit here and wonder if I'm Peter in that scene, the feeling like I let my friend down Mm -hmm. and then even bigger than that, here's my leader. He asked me to do this for him. He needed me to show up for him. Yeah. And all he asked me to do was stay here, be watchful and stay awake. And I couldn't, I couldn't do that. I think one of the things that you just said really resonated with me is that he needed Peter 
and the others to be there for him. And he told them exactly what he needed, Yep, which I think is really rare for us. And you can probably speak to this even more when we are in this place of just deep pain and need to actually know what you need and be able to articulate it to the people closest to you is an incredible gift and a grace, I would think, because I think a lot of times we just kind of are shutting down and and people are like, what can I do? And you're like, I have no idea what you can do, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. he's saying, what I need from you is I need you to just be present and I need you to keep watch with me. Yeah. It must've been so hard on Peter because their physical bodies could not stay awake. It's not that he didn't love Jesus. It's not that he didn't want to actually do what his friend needed for him and his Lord and his, Mm -hmm. you know, rabbi and all of those things. But he physically, his body just couldn't do it. It just highlights our physical weakness. But yeah, I would imagine that was so hard on him. Well, and, and here's the other thing too. What a beautiful picture of what we can do in those times. Like you just said it, we... People who are in great pain often don't know what they need and it can often harm them more when we say, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? When we need to kind of have a little bit of a plan for if somebody's in a lot of pain, what, what can I do? And I, I love this picture of Jesus is like, be watchful and pray, mm-hmm. be present. Yeah. Those are, e- I mean, hard to do, but easy to do. He didn't require them to go do a bunch of stuff that took effort and time and money (laughs) and come back. And so when we're in a lot of pain, I think sometimes as close friends of people or what we might need from people too, is sit here and be Jesus with me, right? You know, sit here and be present and pray and just keep me company. I had someone tell me one time, I can't remember either her husband was in the hospital or one of her parents died. It's been a while, but what struck me was it went on for several days, whatever the grief was, whatever the, the trial was. And there were people in her church community that basically showed up and no one, she said, all I can remember from the traumatic time, no one left me alone. Mm. Someone is at my house 24 seven. Mm. And she said, and they weren't trying to fix it and they weren't trying to talk or do anything. They were just there. I knew I And she said, I know I wasn't alone because of my relationship with the Lord, but it was like these human beings, they just all took turns coming to stay with me. And I thought about that as I was going through and praying over and reading through this passage, I was like, it just took me right back to that story. And I thought that's what Jesus wanted his friend, his closest friends to be there. He opened himself up. He was vulnerable. He was honest about the depths of his grief and what he knew was coming. And he was giving them an opportunity to be there for him and with him. Yeah. Notice what he didn't say. He said, stay here and keep watch with me, not stay here and give me your best advice. Stay here and tell me it's going to be okay. Stay here and make some false promises that you actually don't know about. You know, I mean, it's, it was just keep watch with me. Um, and that is a beautiful example. And, you know, and some people don't want somebody in their space all the time. And and I think that's the gift of actually knowing someone, but I think for people that do need physical presence or even just knowing somebody's waiting in the hospital waiting area, if you want to see somebody, yes, just keeping watch with someone. Oh, that's a beautiful example. And I did 
pull up that phrase about keep watch. It showed up in Genesis 31, 49. Second Chronicles 23, 4, priests keep watch over the doors. Uh, Proverbs 22, 12, the eyes of the Lord keep watch over knowledge. And Matthew 24, 42, you do not know what day your Lord will come. Keep watch. Oh, those are so good. Um, what I loved about it was so much of the time, it was really talking only about the Lord, keeping watch in our way that we can for him and him keeping his watch over us. And I just, I loved the feel and thought of that. That's beautiful. So I'm curious when you had this opportunity then to talk to Jesus Mm -hmm. um, after you went through this kind of experience, trying to imagine what it was like from Peter's perspective and falling asleep and all the things, then you had this opportunity to talk to Jesus. Tell me about that. I, I had a few moments of repenting, I guess, and saying, forgive me, Lord, for the times I haven't kept watch. You know, we have, we're we're so distracted and busy in our lives. And I think part of our relationship with him now is keeping watch in our lives with him for him, paying attention to how he's working in our lives and just spending time. And I've, I've been really distracted lately and had a lot of busyness and I, I spent a lot of time um, asking for forgiveness for that. And, and just, just thinking about the times not to punish myself, but to think about the times I haven't stayed alert and I, and I need to, because when I don't, that's when I fall into trouble. Like, you know, after this scene, we've just talked about what ha- all the things that happened with Peter. And I know in my life, when I am not being watchful and alert and praying, I can get distracted and right. get off track in how I'm living for him every single day. Not in big ways, just, you know, even little stuff. So I wrestled with that a bit. Mm-hmm. Thank you for being honest about that. Yeah. Well, and and then paying attention, paying attention to this renewed understanding of his overwhelming sorrow and trouble. I, I think for me, I'll be honest again, we go through our seasons in the Christian life every year. And I think sometimes we can, you know, we've got the birth of Jesus and Christmas and we do that. And then we go through the whole liturgical year. We, we've got Easter coming up and we, we're going through Lent. And I think sometimes I and we can just get caught up in the, oh, the next thing coming up. Oh yeah. Okay. So we've got to do this and we've got to do that. And then we don't take time. I don't take, I'll tell say myself, I sometimes forget to take the time to really dig in. I so appreciate walking through this and knowing y'all were walking through this too and having this just renewed sense of the reality of what happened. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think we like to jump to Easter. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We like to jump to Christ is risen. Hallelujah. And that is true. And yet the days leading up to that were terrible Yeah, and confusing um, and painful for Jesus and painful for the disciples and all those who loved him and trusted that he was the one they had been waiting for. And they were all just left going, what just happened? And yeah, and I think you're right. We like to, we know the rest of the story. And so it's so easy for us just to go to the rest of the story because it is glorious. And oh, thank, 
the Lord, he's risen and he defeated death. And, um, but the things that he had to go through the hours before then, I think are worth contemplating. So, yeah, I appreciate that you said that. And I also appreciate even what you were just saying about when we don't kind of keep watch what, when you were saying that I was thinking, yeah, that's when the enemy starts to sneak in and whisper lies to us or distract us Mm -hmm. with busy work or, um, other things that aren't really what God's best are. Maybe they're not like overt sins that we're doing, but we're just distracted from the good work that God has for us. And that happens when we take our eyes off him, when we stop watching what he's doing, it happens sometimes very slowly and sometimes quickly. But all of that is because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So depend on the spirit. I'm sending the spirit to you. Mm -hmm. He will strengthen you. He will remind you of all the things I've taught you. He will be your advocate. He will, he is with you. So depend on the spirit. So Julie, I would love to hear a little bit more about some of the work you're doing in particular. I know that you have a new book coming out. So why don't you start with telling us about your book? I am working on it on the final edits and all of that right now with the publisher. It is due out in early 2023 and it is on basically navigating the unexpected of life. And it's some of my story. It's other people's stories and conversations. I I have a podcast and some of the topics that we've covered in the podcast, I've pulled those notes in. Um, it covers everything from anxiety and grief and mental health, divorce, dreams. So unexpected in life can be traumatic and negative, bad things that can happen, you know, job loss, disagreement with a close person in our life, you know, it can be small or big. And um, we have those kinds of unexpected. And then we also have mm-hmm. exciting things, exciting adventure that can be scary to step into. And so that's the book is basically navigating these things. How can we um, defining steps we can take to know who we are, know who we want to be, how we want to show Jesus and, and react. It's the book is written for a general audience, but I weave my faith throughout and uh, scripture and things that have helped me. And I know helped others but I feel like we really need to reach people in their pain. And especially the time of our world that we're in right now, as you said earlier, haven't we been through a lot Mm. and not only have we been through a lot, but there is just a lot of divisiveness. I I do have a section where I talk about who do we want to be on social media and defining ourselves, not, not in a, I'm going to point my finger at you, but just in a kind of, Hey, how can we all come together and make that space a little better place? How can we be healthier for ourselves and other people? And I wrote it to just be a real practical um, guide to basically being the best people we can be for ourselves and for each other. I think you're absolutely right. There is an opportunity when people are in deep pain, there's an opportunity because you're searching for anything to help alleviate that pain. And your journey is, and I know you share some of this in your, um, in in your book, you, you write from a seat of somebody who has gone through a lot of unexpected things in your life, 
really painful things. And, um, and so you don't write as somebody removed from that, but somebody who has journeyed through that pain and even just figured out how to walk with Jesus through those things and find life on the other side of traumatic experiences. Yes. I mean, I've, I have been, well, the, the, the metaphor throughout the book, I was actually directly hit by a tornado. And so there's that, you know, natural disaster storm. And then I went through years of infertility and involuntary childlessness, and then an unexpected, unwanted divorce. And so there's several layers of what what I've walked through. And then I unexpectedly went back to grad school, which was a turning point in my life that I didn't even expect that God has used to put me on this whole different path. And, and so, and now I'm living in a new place. So there's, (laughs) there's, there's tidbits of all of it. And I, and I share some of my story in the book so that, as you said, people will know, maybe, maybe um, you don't have the same pain that I do, but I know pain. And I know fear and I know insecurity and how can we better walk with each other and walk through and know that we don't share the exact same experience, but we can share similar emotions and we can also share similar positive things that we can do um, to live an extraordinary life. Yeah. And I think you have done done such a beautiful job of that. I've known you for a few years and you have just always been filled since I've known you and every interaction I've had with you with just such grace and peace. And I think that is the Lord It is because I actually didn't know all this parts of your story, all the hard things that you had gone through. And until just recently when we were talking about it and I was like, oh, and I see God, how he has just Mm -hmm. carried you through incredible seasons of pain, not just one season, but multiples of them. Um, And how he's allowing you to use that to minister to others. So, well, I really want to encourage you all, like if you're in a place of just a hard season, check out Julie's podcast. So Julie, tell us where we can find the podcast and where we can find you. Uh, The podcast is called The Bearing Life, and you can subscribe on my website, uh, drjulieshannon.com, and it'll go to your inbox, or you can find it on any of the podcast platforms. And uh, really fun and interesting conversations with people who've been through lots of different things. Yeah. And you can follow me. I'm on social media at Dr. Julie Shannon. You know, I'm all about finding the joy too. I don't want to sound like, oh, I've had these hard seasons. And I thank you for telling me because sometimes I feel like I hope that um, in the hard places that I exude God's grace mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't smell like smoke. <laughs> and I say that. Yeah. Right. Okay. Because a friend of mine, when we did the, uh, it was a Beth Moore study on Daniel and talking about when they came out of the fiery furnace and that this idea that they'd been through a really hard time, but you don't go around smelling like smoke, meaning it's really good. You don't walk around only talking about all the bad stuff that you just went through, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. And so a friend and I said, okay, we need to hold each other accountable. So we don't smell like smoke. That's great. But I want to be open enough so people know they're not alone. And I also want to be an encourager. Yeah. Well, I think you're doing all of that. And I thank you. I am 
really grateful for your ministry and how you're coming alongside people and giving them tools to be practically compassionate, not only to themselves, but to others who are in really hard seasons because we've all been there or we're going to be there. And we've all had people we love that have been there or are going to be there. So it's not something we get to avoid. So no, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> nope, yep. not until heaven. <laughs> yep. Um, well, Julie, it has just been really great having this conversation with you. Thanks for making some space for us to be on the podcast today. Thank you, Jody. I have so enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm glad. Well, as always, I just want to thank you all for joining me on so much more because we do believe Jesus has so much more to say to us, and we are creating space to listen. In a world where relationships are easily broken and often discarded, the Rebuilding Us Marriage Podcast is your lighthouse, guiding the way to hope, restoration, and transformation in Christ. I'm your host and marriage coach, Dana Shea. Join me as we discuss the necessary tools for rebuilding marriages from adversity, betrayal, and disconnection. It's time to reignite love as we rebuild marriages from the ground up. Listen to the Rebuilding Us Marriage podcast on lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcasts.